my friends, like from high school, and she had them all drop their plans and meet us out for dinner that night. Ah, yeah. She's and a I, sweetheart. She is. She's the best. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. That's awesome. She'll murder me in my sleep, though. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not to say you might not deserve I it. I deserve right. it a thousand percent. <laughs> well, we're back from our break. I'm going to have to edit out Steve's story there about oh, yeah. his wife uh, has the capability of killing him at any minute. Yes, but save it. In yeah. case I disappear. Right. Well, it doesn't count if you say it. Right. Well, that's true. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> I, I, Have if, she said it? If anybody yeah, right, needs right. it, it'll be on the computer has exhibit A. Yes. You know what? That. You know what? Dump it. Dump it. <laughs> Dump it. My kids, my kids will be fine. <laughs> well, Tony, we left off and we were going to come back after the break and talk about a couple things. But before we started recording for part two here, you brought up something that we wanted to talk about anyways. You actually had a couple other close calls that you're, I think, infamous maybe is the word, word I'd use, uh, where you were in the uh, bucket of the snorkel. Yeah. And uh, you took yet another trimming. Yeah, Van Buren is not... Uh, it's not your friend. Van Buren's been trying to kill you for years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it was funny because, like, I want to say we had a... After all this, when I came back, we had a fire on Van Buren. <clears throat> and Hogan was like, get over here. You're staying by me. You know, <laughs> get over here. We're working together. Let's go. Because, we're, you know, we go to the roof, um, the driver and the guy who sits behind me. So is that, or when you guys show up to a fire, if the chief doesn't pull you aside and give you an assignment, what's the typical job of the squad without being tasked to do something specific we just pick up the pieces man um you know and if anybody tells you anything different than that i i'd have to disagree with them our job is is just does to, one go to the basement one go to the roof well we break up in twos so um the snorkel on my shift two the two guys go to the rear yes part of their job is to check the basement you know and i'm sure you guys know that's it's been a problem on this job, unfortunately, recently. Um, but they go to the rear, check the basement, coming through the rear. And sometimes, like, we drive far, you know, and, and you get there and you just, you know, you pick up pieces. Yes, I'll call, you know. You're responsible for that whole, like, north side, basically, right? Yes, we go Cermak South, Ashland East, and it kind of breaks up towards downtown with Squad 1. Um you go as far north as you, we can go? Yes. Okay. And we go to Nagel. Um, we used to go to the edge of the city, but we only used to go to Madison, and then they changed it. And, um, I mean, that, that's a lot of ground to cover. I mean, you're covering, I don't know, I would say, what, almost 10 still districts? Like, yeah, yeah. It's going e either way? Well, we have the 11th, some of the 11th, the 10th, the 9th, the 8th, the 7th, the 12th, the 17th, the 18th, and some of the 14th. 18th is in your still district? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And some of the 14th. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a large, you know, whatever. But, uh, again, we, we, we come in and, you know, we pick up pieces. We don't... Uh, you, got, you really consider yourself just like extra manpower when you show up at a, 
My, is this your question to me or to what the squad thinks they are? Because <laughs> for you, I, I, I would say that you are qualified to speak on behalf of the squad and how you feel about what your responsibilities are at a fire. No, we. How you view yourself? How I view myself is is I just want to help. Whatever needs to be done, I I want to help. You know, I have a very good working relationship with all those guys on those busy trucks and on the west side and. You know, um, like I will call and say, hey, you need help. And sometimes they're like, absolutely not. We're good. And sometimes they're like, yeah, get up here. You know what I mean? So um, it's a good thing. I've been on squad two for a very long time. And, you know, there's guys, I mean, people shuffle and people are getting promoted and leave and do whatever. But I still have a good relationship, I'd like to think, with, with all these guys. I... I don't know. When I first came to the squad, everybody hated us, so it was different. Um, Did was that hate fostered from the fact that people thought that you were going to go there and try to do their job for them? Well, I'm sure that was, that was it. But also, we, you know, um, you know, there's a big stigmatism of like we don't pick up hose, and you know, we try to take stuff over and. Um, you just go to fires, do the fun stuff, and then you're out. Yeah, and all the guys I worked with, uh, honestly, were never never like that, you know. Um, humble. Do you roll holes? I'm sorry? Do you roll holes? Absolutely. I, I'll do whatever. Yeah. There I want people to hear that. There is a time where nobody would help 68 pick up holes. Even, except, the tru- even a truck. Except for the squat. You always have their help. I... To this day, you know, um, I take watches. I, you know, I wash the chief's buggy. I, I, yes, I do that. And the key is, is, and I'm sure Heenan will tell you this, you know, anybody can run their mouth and say whatever they want, but I'm not going to say, like, I lead by example, but I don't ask anybody to do anything that I won't do. So... This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by Sports and Ortho. If you're a city employee and you get hurt, you have the option to request Sports and Ortho when you're being assigned some physical therapy, right? Yeah, absolutely. We can always choose us. We're on the city plan, so if you want to come to us, we are happy to see you. Yeah, you're, you're not locked into whoever they send you to. You can always make a request to go to a better facility if you'd like. And Sports and Ortho is a good alternative. We think so. I knew the answer to all those questions before I asked, but I want people to hear you say it. That no, cool, cool. I have no problem, you know what I mean? I, uh, you know, like, you want me to turn the gas and the electric off? I have no problem. <laughs> You're never, I'm not going to whine. Nothing's beneath you. No, absolutely not. I'll do whatever. Um, you know, and the bottom line is, is, you know, there's guys are out there working their, their tails off. So who am I to come in and, and think? Well, because very, I mean, I would imagine that it's a rare instance where the squad is going to be first up. No, it's not too rare because, really? you know, I mean, 91, um, I've had plenty of fires with 91 in my okay. time. But outside of your own, yeah, outside of the, the engine that's in your own still district, you got to, I mean, you're always showing up 
later. You, a you little know. later. Yeah, right. sure. Or we show up. We had a fire at Cadvale and North Avenue, 1500 block. Um, yeah, I was just there. <laughs> the other day. And, you know, that we're not very far off. Um, and you're the driver. And you got to be screaming through the city, right? Well, I mean. You're, you're hustling. Sure. It, it, you know, it is. Um, I drive safely. I don't. You know what I mean? But you have to pick and choose. You know, we had uh, a May Day the other day for a firefighter by ne- Neva yeah. and Grand, you know. and That's when you want to pick it up. Well, we were talking about it afterwards, and, um, you know, I was talking to, because we, we're short. We have detail guys. Um, we have some guys from the engine that are young, but they're aggressive. I shouldn't say they're aggressive. They want to work. They want to do things. They want to learn. You know, they ask a lot of questions and, you know, we were just talking about it. And one of them was like, you know, I said, I forgot how it got brought up. Um, but I was like, what did, you know, like, what did you get out of that? You know, because we had a mayday and when we got there, you know, we rushed to the fourth floor you know, whatever it was, fifth floor, I don't remember. And, you know, thank God everything was good. Everybody was good, whatever. But I'm like, what did you get out of that? What did you feel? And he goes, well, as soon as they said Mayday and we were going down uh, Fullerton, you know, we noticed that we were going a lot faster after that. <laughs> and whatever, it was in, it was late at night. There was nobody on the road. Um, but, yeah, I mean, um, I don't want – you know, I try to save everybody, you know, let alone one of us, you know, I don't want to go home and, you know, tell my wife or anybody, their wife, their children that, you know, like. It's a different responsibility being the driver, right? Sure. But also, you know, you know, you drive crazy and you drive whatever and you get in an accident. You're never getting there to help somebody, correct? Right, right. So there's a fine line there of. You know, um, whatever, but your emotions, everything changes. You know what I mean? When you hear that and you want to be there and you want to be the guy, um, that helps that, you know, whatever the case may be, whether it's continue to put the fire out while everybody's extricating the person that needs to be extricated, whatever the case may be, you know, because we can't stop doing what we do because, somebody goes down because if they're down, yes, it's easy to get them out. But if it collapses on whatever, if we stop fighting the fire, I think you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So, but I will knock on wood. Um, I do, I do try to drive carefully. I, I, you know, I pick and choose when. Yeah. Take us back to that, that fire on uh, Kedzie where you're in the snorkel because that thing that thing burnt hot and it burned forever right yeah a strip mall like a like a dollar store or something like that that's that's exactly i guess what happened at the dollar store we found this all out after the fact somebody came in there and i don't know if they kicked the guy out or whatever um, and he came back and lit the joint on fire very familiar with that area (laughs) intimately familiar (laughs) with that area sure sure but there was uh, whatever when we got there, 
um, the chief wanted to snorkel up so we could see what was going on up uh, up on the roof. Um, so flat roof. Right? Yeah, big building, big building. Um, it was multi stores in that. It was like a like a strip mall, just big square strip mall building. Exactly, and unfortunately, there was a like a beauty supply yes. place, and we just happened to be. Because we were just going up there to check it out. Okay. Because there was, uh, I think, both corners of the building. Because we try to take the corner of the building, you know. This way, we, with us, we have to operate. Is We want to get that the ass end of the rig as close as possible to the corner of that building. This way, we're out of the collapse zone, and we can scrub two sides of it. And we have 30 feet of reach, and, you know. It, it, you can do the most work from that corner. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're the safest in that corner. Yeah. But anyway, we pulled up and we uh, put the snorkel up to see what was going on up there. And next thing you know, I get a call from, you know, I don't know if it was 109. I don't remember exactly who it was, what the deal was. But somebody's like, hey, you ready for the water? And I was like, because I wasn't even, I was just going up in the snorkel to see what was going on. Because the chief asked us to. I wasn't driving the snorkel. I wasn't in the snorkel. Um and the snorkel has to be fed by an engine? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so they hooked you up without you even knowing? <laughs> no, we were just going up there to check it out. And uh, long story short, you know, we we're throwing water. And, you know, we had some master streams set up in the windows and, and, and all that. And I do have a, a video, and I don't know if what news channel it was, whatever, that really shows how, how bad um, it was cause I do have a video that somebody took on the street that only catches the tail end of it. But, um, my buddy Scott and I were in the basket and, uh, we were up there and we had all these, you know, lines next to the snorkel on the ground and we were just going back and forth, back and forth. And they wanted us to move, but they pulled the hand lines away first and, you know, they were getting the tower into position. They were doing all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, we started to come down and when we came down, they, when they asked you to start putting water on the, the roof, was there fire no. coming out? No. So what were they trying to accomplish by having well, the snorkel? It, it was coming. Okay. The whole, the joint was sailing. You so know they knew I mean? it was it was it was just a matter of time. You know, and I don't remember if it was. You know, it could have been peeking through. Um, yeah. I think it was. You know what I'm saying? I really. This was, I think, 2016. Um, it was. Was it that long ago? I want to say because yeah, I I remember that it it didn't seem like it was that long. Damn. It was prior to the to the 2018. Okay. I guess that does make sense. So, yeah. So we were, you know, throwing water, whatever. And it did, you know, it eventually while we were up there, it was coming through and it was hot and it was, it was shitty up there. It was not good. Um, so we came down and as we were coming down, you know, I, I thought we were just going to pick up and get to the corner of the building or do whatever. And somebody was like, you know, hit the ceiling. And as we came down, you know, I was driving the snorkel and I told my partner to, to hit the ceiling. And when he hit the ceiling, the ceiling buckled and came down. And so are you still in the basket at this time? Yes. Okay. So you're, you're, you're up there with a line and you're just flowing water from the, the basket. 
yes onto the, the master out, stream the outside roof yeah the roof of the building so that that's all you're doing right now were you ele- were you elevated or did you bring the snorkel no the down? snorkel we were pretty much close as close to the ground as possible okay. because you could take it and you know you right. jump out and you know rather than climbing down you drop down and do whatever so we brought it down and they wanted us to Hit in. Oh, I thought you were. I that's what I could understand. I thought you were still no elevated because you were hitting the ceiling. I didn't understand what you were saying. But no, so sense. when we came down, you know, we had the gun. So when we came down, you know, it's when you were using a master stream like a tower ladder, a snorkel, something like that. Do we want to hit the floor? No, we want to hit the ceiling, right? We want that water to spread, and we want to we want to yeah. get as much as we can and you know, fire, you know, we fight the fire from the bottom up, right? Not the top down. But in this case, we want to hit the ceiling, spread it, peel that ceiling if we can, get as much of the hidden fire as we can. Um, so we came down, and, you know, as we came down, Scotty turned the, the, the snorkel uh, turret up and hit the roof, and then the roof buckled, and it came down in this huge fireball because we were right so in the- front of a window. The roof pancaked down, and it pushed a big fireball right into the basket? At, into the snorkel, yeah, right into the back of the snorkel. Um, what, were there any guys on, like, on a, like, um, ground monitor or anything like that? Or Well, we were coming down, so normally we do, with the old snorkel, we always kept somebody at the back of the snorkel because we had issues with the stabilizers, things like that. And I, we still have somebody there if we're going... For a long period of time, but if you're throwing it up for a one and a half story, two story, you know, kind of just go to work, and you know, somebody's always milling around. Um, would you say that you were closer than you wanted to be from that position in the? Basket? Yeah, we were. We we shouldn't have been there. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, but they said I, I, you were you were just talking about taking the corner to mm-hmm. avoid. Basically, exactly that this situation, right? No, one hundred percent. But if we would have came down, and I'm not going to say that it, it couldn't have happened anyway. But as soon as he hit the ceiling, it dropped, it blew out, and you know, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't think it was going to stop. Really? It was just it was like, that bunch, huh? It was crazy. So I just turned the snorkel um, during the, the inferno. To the, to the left, yeah. <laughs> you know, Scott hit the deck. I was like, you know, I was eating it, and I just kind of turned us out of it because it, you know, like anything, you know, when it's happening at the time, you know, it could have been 10 seconds. It could have been five seconds. It could have been three seconds. Felt like an hour. 100%. <laughs> you know, and, like, we were eating it. Yeah. Eating it hard and, you know, no mask, no nothing. My face was torched. My hair was burnt. Um, but I turned us out of it. And then, like, long story short, we jumped out. And whatever happened, happened. And you wound up going to the hospital that day? Unfortunately. Yeah. You go to Loyola or Stroger? Because uh, Loyola would be your burn center. Well, here's the crazy thing. The head guy from Loyola took over Stroger's. Um Burn unit. Oh, okay. So is that where you guys went to? Yes. The Greek guy? I don't No, I don't think he's a burn guy. I know who you're talking about. You're talking about that badass guy, right? The guy that plays heavy metal music? Yeah, yeah no, that's not the burn. Thousand guy. percent. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I didn't see him, but they took us there and uh 
we were, you know, whatever they did the debris thing again, <laughs> and uh, it was not pleasant. It was not. Which anything. was worse, twenty eighteen or twenty sixteen? I'd have to, you know. I mean, they both weren't pretty. They both weren't. Um. All kidding aside, I thought I was going to die both times um, because, like I said, this thing came out and and ate us up, and you know I just tried to turn us out of it. And long story short, it just stopped, and you know, I was like, "Get out!" You know, because Scott hit the deck. I was kind of on top of him trying to turn us, and I was like, "Get out!" And <clears throat> he was like, "What?" I'm like. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I get out now, you know. So he jumped out, I jumped out. Um But I you know, all kidding aside, two thousand eighteen, you know, I was I was burnt up pretty good. Um but either way, um it's a humbling Yeah experience, you know. When um, after in two thousand eighteen were you like fuck this is happening all over again did you have like no no it was a completely different situation um you know what What i mean when you were getting the debreeding were you like shit this again no i was that was just like i just knew what was gonna go down i mean it's there's nothing you can do about it (laughs) like they walk up and say we're scrubbing your face yeah bristles yeah it's not hang on it's not it's not fun it's not pretty you know This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Chicagoland 1-800-BOARDUP. Corey, you know a lot about BOARDUP. Man, I am a BOARDUP guy from way back then. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, for a lot of you guys that uh, are, are, aren't super familiar with what BOARDUP companies do, um, post-fire, we've got a lot of openings in the house. we got a, a lot of orifices, if you will. Orifices. And, um, and... Board of companies show up and they they get you lined up. And these guys at Chicago and one eight hundred board up are the best in the business, pal. Well, they're all about their victim assistance. So they'll take you from the fire all the way back to bringing you back into the house post fire. Yeah, it's not just about like fixing the house. It's about helping the the person that, right. that was just, involved. It's not just putting plywood on your windows yeah. after a fire. It's about taking care of the victims. They have this saying about after the fire, now what? These guys will answer all those questions. They'll take care of everything, but you got to reach out to them. You can find them on Facebook at Chicagoland 1-800-BOARDUP. And if you go to our social media, we have the QR code and just scan that QR code. It'll take you right there. Yeah, man. Um, and on top of fire restoration, they also do water damage, wind damage. Um, again, these guys, like, pretty much, if there's a disaster, if there's something terrible that's, that's going on, they're going to help. They're going to prop you up and help you out in whatever way they can. Yeah, they, are, they know what they're doing. They've had 10 years of supporting the fire service and even more than that of restoration, everything else. We, you went to the whole list on our last episode here about wind damage restoring fine artwork everything else anything that you need post-fire chicagoland 18 board up can provide you talk about and i only bring this up because we talked about this at length 
on Monday with Billy Heenan and Pat Kehoe, and you're talking about the snorkel. And Steve here is historically connected to the snorkel, right? Uh, yes, that's what I've but been told. Now, we have, <laughs> well, because well, here you're is. here, yeah. and this will, this will come out directly after the uh, Billy Heenan, Pat Kehoe episode. It's been a while since we've heard the story, and me and Corey tried piecing it together. I don't think we did you, you justice, but we we did have these facts that it was Quinn, yes, and your grandfather, my grandfather, yeah, and a can of pop, and a can of pop. Yep. Okay, those we knew historically were correct. Yes, everything else in between there, I'm sure <laughs> we butchered, but. Here's a guy who is, who sits in the basket that your grandfather basically brought to the Chicago Fire Department. So, well, I wouldn't say he brought it to the Chicago Fire Department, but he was he was pivotal. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know. My my grandfather did not tell fire department stories until later on in his life. Probably he knew he was passing away in a, the next couple of years. So, but uh, and my Dad has verified parts of the story, and he was on the job along with my uncles. And uh, so, anyways, uh, my grandfather uh, drove a cherry picker for the gas company okay. at the time, uh, and that was his side job. Uh, and he was on the fire department, and uh, so he pulled into a firehouse, I believe it was somewhere downtown or of that nature, uh, because there's pop machines, right? So he stopped in the firehouse to grab a can of pop, and... Uh, Parked the cherry picker out in front of the firehouse, and some guy turns around and says, "Hey, is that your cherry picker? Is that you? You drive that thing?" He's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "What are you doing over here?" He's like, "Well, I'm a fireman, and I just stopped in to grab a can of pop from the pop machine, and I'll be on my way. Sorry." And he's like, "No, hold on a second. Guy walks away, comes back, and it's Quinn. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, when do you work next?" And he's like, "Tomorrow." And he's like, "You're going to the academy. Meet me at the academy." No oh, kidding. Okay, cool. So him and a couple other guys show up to the academy, and wherever the original um, snorkels were being made, uh, I've heard Minnesota and I've heard Missouri, uh, two different spots, whatever it was, they drove out there and drove them back. No kidding. And uh, then there was, you know, since you drove it back, you want to... Now he's the driver. Snorkel squad. (laughs) You want on? And uh, yeah. So, uh, which one was he on? Uh, SS one. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, nice. there may be a SS one ax floating around my, uh, garage <laughs> somewhere. Good for I, you. Yeah. So that was it. And, and then he told, uh, you know, the, every chief wanted a squat, uh, snorkel now at their fires. So, Hey, you know what we could use? We could use this on the, and they'd put an extra tool and they'd put an extra rope. They'd put a bag of rope or they'd put another type of tool on it. And so, so on and so forth. And, that's how it came about for for him. And that, that's the story I've been told. If somebody can historically verify that for me, I'm, I'm going to take that and run with it. Right, I love there you it. Go. I love <laughs> it. I, if your grandfather I, gave it to you on his deathbed, then that is gospel yeah, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah, 100%. And I know so, Quinn is the guy who got the snorkel, yeah. so 100%. That's awesome. Yeah, so that, that that's a little family history for what, me. So. Is there anything that you've done in the, with that snorkel unconventionally that you were like, Damn, that worked. No, I mean, it has its limitations. Um, you know, we've picked people off out of windows, just, just things like that. But for the most part, you know, it has its limitations. So I really, 
how much weight can you put in that basket? I think it's 750 pounds with water flowing. Okay. So a fireman and a half? Well. Two firemen? <laughs> what are you trying to say? Two, two, no. squ- two squad <laughs> guys. I'm saying me. What are you, you trying know, to I'm say? A couple I'm squad guys fit in there. Yeah. We, we just had a conversation about the baddest guys or the skinniest guys. <laughs> yeah. right? That's true. Well, you know, since since we're going down that route, there there's a million things that you hear throughout the fire department that is the jokes are made of squad guys of course uh and i i want to hear it from your perspective like what are the ones that you hear like you know uh you hear about uh you know uh he was late because he was given autographs and stuff like no like oh dude what, I, that is so come on i want i, I wish i could tell you i remember i <laughs> i I'm well a, you see you on the squad maybe you don't hear them because they're all going on not no. around you. Well, here's the thing. Um, Steve, you have to have a, You've heard a few. Well, I have. What I mean, I've heard them. I don't okay. participate. Sure, and but I, I have my Don't, I don't lie. Everybody I, participates. I and Even I have, the squad guys that teach at the academy <laughs> participate. I mean, the you know, the big thing, uh, I, you know, don't sit at the squad table. And I'm like. Now, verify that the squad table is an actual thing that exists. <laughs> Well, here's the weird thing. Yeah, that was I'm pretty sure that was a squad one thing. They have the table in the middle of 42 over there. Um, we have a little table, but... What would happen if a candidate came and sat down at the squad table in the morning? I, I wouldn't say anything then. You anyway. wouldn't. Of course, you wouldn't. <laughs> but what would happen, Tony? I don't... Somebody would I, have a talk with them, I right? I don't know. Things are different now, man. Okay, I, let's I, go back when you started. <clears throat> Well, we didn't have a squad table. I think if you came over and just kept your mouth shut and, you know, we're over there for a good reason, I don't think anybody would say anything you are, to you. You're being politically correct right now. I'm being honest. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm being but honest. But you know what? Here's the thing. Like, even, like, if you were not a squad guy and saw a candidate walk up and sit down at the squad table, you know, you'd be like, yeah, but there are the people f- who would be like, uh, no, you sit over there. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? You sit yeah, over there. Yeah. Well, get I get that. I, Leave them guys alone. I get that. And they do play that up. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I guess. I'm, Does it entertain you at the very least? To oh, hear 100%. These what about the fact that you're stigmatized with somebody cutting the center out of a cake or pie and calling it the squad cut. That's one, that's 100%. We had a guy, <laughs> Johnny Bilka. I don't care. So this is historically correct. 100%. Oh my God. 100%. And he's naming names. This I is love it. Only on Chicago's Bravest Stories. I, I love that, man. The history of the fire department. He's been, he's been retire, retired for a while, but... I don't care. You could try to hide the cake. You could try to do whatever. He'd get it whether it was frosted or not. He would cut the heart right out of it. And, you know. Um, was he a guy who just didn't like the edges? Or No, he was the, just, that was, was just, that was just the thing. I love it. Just like we'd be at 687, you know, and he'd call you on the Marshall line and cough and hang up on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like. Yeah, thanks. Gotcha. Yeah. You know. Because when I was at, and, and, and all kidding aside, you know, we always listen to the radio, always pay attention to what's going on. But when I was at 687, I made it a point not to do that. You know what I mean? And then somebody would call and be like, 
click. (laughs) (laughs) To to tell you that they were going to fires? Well, that they just got back from one or (laughs) whatever the case was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you didn't put two and two together, did you? No, I I'm stupid. I, I only got it after the, his second <laughs> reference. So, listen, you've been dealing with me yeah, for yeah. quite some time. Yeah. All right. Like I said, there's guys that teach at the academy that ran the academy that whatever that talk shit about the squad. And they Who was were, a really good guy. And they the were way. on the squad. He's a really good <laughs> yeah, guy. They're great. I love them all. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I I told you, my son's on the job, and you know. Steve, give give me something else that you as an engine guy hear about. Give me another squad joke. You got to have more. No, than I that. really don't. I, well, okay, I, the ones that I hear. Yeah. Because I don't. Okay. There was something about combing their hair or something like no, that. No, that's not for me. No, that, not from you. But or they they say the uh, the tool they use the most is the left hand turn signal. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that one before. One hundred percent. I've heard yeah. them all. I've heard them all. <laughs> That's fine. What's your what's I your best one? It's the best one you heard. The one you're like that makes you smile. Just all of that, yeah. you know. It's just it's you know. Hey, pull out of the firehouse. Hater, haters gonna hate, bro. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You know. Hey, many are called, few are chosen. That's all I can say. <laughs> God squad and country. Uh, well, I don't know about that one. There's one guy that'll tell you that, but um, no. I mean, it's it's just. It's a it's a funny thing, and I do know this that you know when we're needed, those chiefs and all those people don't oh. they don't have much to say. Well, that's this is what I'm gonna what I'm getting to. So I you know I've had fam- a lot of family on the job, and uh, before I got on the job, it was I don't know how it came up in conversation, but I remember my old man, my dad, uh, he was at Truck Thirty Six for a long time. Sure, and I think maybe somebody else made. A squad comment and I chuckled and my dad said what the fuck are you chuckling about <laughs> and I was like oh, I, he goes you don't even know what you're talking about and I was like you're right you know and he goes some oh uh, it was hold the squad or some kind yeah. of my, my dad said why would the fuck would we hold the squad and I was like I you know now I go I literally dad you're <coughs> right I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> and he's like you know he goes you go to some places they might be the only guys that know what they're doing yeah and I was I looked at him and he goes, so, you know, this whole hold the squad thing is a bunch of bullshit. And that's my dad's perspective. You know, sure. Of it. And I, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. And, uh, and then he explained to me, you know, and I go, oh, all right, all right. You know, like uh, now I get it, you know. Well, like I said, back in the day when I first went to the squad, they'd hold us. The chief would hold us, you know, and I'm not going to name names. They didn't want you there, right? No, they, everybody hated us, you know. I mean, whatever. Like I said, Kevin Casey was on Tower 14. Um, Why didn't Kevin ever go to the squad? I don't know. You'd have to ask him he that. fucking, come on, bro. Yeah, but you would think that that'd be his jam. No, no, not Kevin. Kevin you know, was the, chilling. The goofy no. thing is, is, you know, Kevin was always a gentleman. I mean, I'm not going to say they're... I really, it was more the Chiefs that, yeah. that had the more time on the job that, you know what I mean? They didn't want you guys messing up their program. And then other guys would, you know, like thought, like, well, fuck them, you know, oh, oh. And like I said, like, you go to the academy and, you know, they took, they were on, they were on the squad. 
you know, but they still talk shit about the squad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So really what it's to keep it going. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess. it's okay. Right? Yeah. It's, you know, it doesn't, it never bothered me. Um, it is what it is. Um, you know, I know prior to me or whatever that they fought over it, you know, whatever, not at the firehouse, but whatever. They got in arguments. They were, you know, at the, where, wherever promotion party, whatever it was, it was always a big thing, but I don't know. Is your, with Chicago, is the responsibility of a squad in Chicago the same as the responsibilities of a squad in New York? Are they comparable? Are they almost apples and oranges? Well, what do you think the responsibilities of a squad in New York are? Oh, wait, are we doing this right now? Yeah. With Joey on there? Yeah, with Joey on there. Yeah, you can just splice it. You can just splice it, too. This message is brought to you by the Frontline Team. That is who we are. What, what makes you guys special? Man, man, I think I think this conversation right now is what makes this special. This is fun. I'm having a good time, Dude, right? <laughs> he never he never doesn't pick up, Vince. He always picks up. This is this is the front line commercial <laughs> right here. Dude, I'm, I'm yeah. saying it. I'm saying it. Yeah. Hey, we're we're here to have team. He he makes it happen, Vin. He thought that this was a mortgage in need. Yeah, and that's why he answered. And the, and the bat phone rang. And he picked it up. This guy does it, dude. You can find the Frontline Team and Joey Matthews at the Frontline Team at NeighborhoodLoans.com. Again, the Frontline Team at NeighborhoodLoans.com. You can only also find them at their ring group, which is 480-878-1292. And again, these are the same old guys you know, right? Frontline team understands the schedule, understands your needs. So call in for all you veterans. Uh, Joey Matthews has been making uh, videos kind of explaining some of the nuances to things that you may not realize you qualify for or you're able to do with your VA loans. So please reach out to Joey Matthews at these numbers. Give it to him one more time, Corey. All right. Again, we've got a ring group of 480-878-878. One two nine two, and you could always email him at the frontline team at neighborhoodloans.com. Frontline team again. Add it again. Ring group four eight zero eight seven eight one two nine two, and the frontline team at neighborhoodloans.com. That is who we are. I, I would imagine they're the exact same thing. Very right? good, absolutely. They, I just feel like. Uh, Everything that I've seen about the squads in New York, they do more like rope stuff than than you guys do. You guys are more like I, I see you guys at more residential fires. Well, squad like one, firefighting. squad one handles. You know, unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but whatever. That's more of their thing because that's what right. they have to deal with down there. And I think in New York, like they have squads and then they have rescue squads or rescue it's called. And they're more online with what we are. Yeah. Cause like their squad is like an engine that does hazmat or yeah. something. Like and and it's a manpower thing yeah. and, and whatever, where their rescues, you know, are 
our squads. But, you know, again, I, I'm a rope technician, whatever the case may be, that, that and 250 will get you on the bus. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But, yes, we do all that stuff. It just breaks down differently. You know, squad five goes to fires. We go to fires. Not that squad one doesn't go to fires, but they have the whole downtown to take care of. So they do a lot of different things than we do. Yeah, I, I, that's what I envision New York being more like what Squad 1 is. Yeah. Uh, and Squad 2 and Squad 5 are doing so much residential stuff that you guys do the more regular, traditional residential fire sure. stuff. Sure, and I'll tell you a, a goofy story. So with the, with the uh, uh, marathon here, we just had a mm-hmm. young guy who rode with us from Hamburg. Oh, um, yeah, the German guys are still out there doing right time right now. So he rode with us, and, you know, we had a fire that, yeah. that we were at together. Um, and I took him up, and we looked in afterwards and, you know, checked everything out, whatever. And, you know, their building construction is way different. They don't go to the roof. You know, they have concrete buildings. A lot of departments don't go to the roof. Yeah. I was talking, when I, last time I was out in Hawaii, they never heard of going to the roof. Really? Yeah. But up there, he says, we bring a fan upstairs and open windows. But their fires are more content than anything, you know. And he didn't understand the concept of the roof until I took him up there, you know, because we had that octagon front. And it was in the, you know, somebody poured gasoline on these people's house and lit it on fire, unfortunately. And uh, the roof, it was inside the roof on the... You know how you got the octagon front, and there was a roof, and then there was an attic above it. With and a, yeah, and there was a shingle siding that was covered in uh, 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 vinyl siding. Yeah, so that all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, asphalt siding, yeah. 100%. So it was like a pizza oven? Yeah, it was pretty a giant burnt. giant pizza oven? It was pe- pretty burnt up, but, you know, we just had, you know, we had a conversation of stuff, and, you know, their building construction is just way different than ours, so... They do different things. And, you know, I talked to him about it and, you know, he's, I think he said he had seven years on the job. And I think he said, or maybe he had five years on the job and seven fires or something along those lines. So things are way different, you know, for them than they are for us. Uh, you know, I told him you're one for one. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, one day, one fire. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's just... You know, everywhere you go, different parts of the city, different parts of the country, obviously different parts of the world that, you know, everybody has. Those guys are on the ambulance today. Who? The Germans. Where are they? Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is with them is they go on the ambulance out there, but they only do 12 hours on the ambulance. Oof. You know, they, there's, there's, there's talk that people are tossing around that idea because of... Uh, Burnout. Burnout. Well, there, there is, and that they're going to go and you know kicking and screaming. Well, they they they're talking to other parts of the country are going to these different schedules. Uh, one of them's like a forty-eight ninety-six. That's who I think we had other guys recently with us, and I didn't mean to cut you off oh, that's right. from Bremen. They've okay. been coming and riding with us since two thousand eight. They come every couple years. Um, but they, I think they work a 48, 
and then they're off 96. But and go ahead. When I'm sorry. I first heard about that, I'm like, I'm not working. Oh, fuck that. I'm not working a 48, like, without getting overtime. You know, you get a call for your, you know, overtime, you know, like, oh, whatever. But then I read an article about it. You actually spend more time in your bed at home and you get more weekends off. Yeah. If you do it that way. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe. <laughs> oh, let's let's reconsider. This. Yeah, now I'm reconsidering. You got to do it. the math. Yeah, you it's, said it's I could sleep in my own bed uh, more, <laughs> and I get more weekends off. Oh, there okay. are a couple departments in California that have that schedule. Yeah, yeah. And it 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 seemed really odd. Well, first of all, if could you imagine the paramedics doing a forty eight? No, you you That's just you physically can't do That's it. That's insanity. No, you'd kill them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the goofy thing. Like, why do we do four? Why do we do twenty fours, and then forty eights? You know, yeah. there's something the, historically. Isn't it to detoxify your body from all the? It used to be twenty four on, twenty four off. Yes, but and isn't it for, you know, like to get all that stuff out of your body? Is that is that what traditionally it was? I don't, I don't know if it was traditionally that, but I think that's what it boils down to because they want. You know, I, I I don't know, and I could be talking out of school, but that's just what I heard and what I thought. So it would be like, why would we work a 48? Because, you know, there are places in the city that go to fires, Yeah. you know, unfortunately, but they go to fires. So, you know, how's that for detoxing your body into doing, you know, whatever? But, yeah, I don't think I'd have a problem working a 48 and, being off longer. I got to detox from all the emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what the guy from, that's what uh, this guy from Hamburg said, that they do like 20 ammo runs a day. Oof. Even in Germany, huh? Yeah. 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 And no, they don't, you know, like I said, I think, and I don't remember if he had five years, went to seven fires or had seven years, went to five fires. I don't, I don't recall, but. Oh, you <laughs> running his nuts off on the ambulance. <laughs> what year did you say you came out again? 99. Okay, so 99. So the transition to bunker gear came during your time here, and we had Pete Van Dorp in here, and he was like, if you were to guess when it was, and I think you know, but he said that people would be shocked to know that the Chicago Fire Department didn't get bunker gear until 2008. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of bunker gear? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I got used to it now, but it's like anything, you know, when you, like I do things, you know, my radio is set up the way it was set up day one. You know, my, whatever I do, I've done since the beginning. Hence, You're I a told creature you, of habit. Once I, I told you of earlier yeah. what we talked about. Um, so I'm accustomed to all that stuff. So change is good, but it's not good. You know what I mean? But, I mean, bunkers don't bother me anymore. But before, you know, you just jumped in your boots, threw your coat on, you know, went to work. If you're a first responder in the Chicagoland area, please consider our friend Greg Bagnett at Counseling Centers of Arlington Heights. Greg, a mental health therapist, he was also a firefighter paramedic for Chicago Fire Department. He was also a guest on this podcast, and he understands what it's like to be a first responder. Yeah. I mean, uh, Greg's a fireman. He's a paramedic. He is a 
mental health therapist, and more importantly, he's one of our friends. Um, we, we've talked about before, we would never recommend a, a, a person that we don't know personally, and Greg is that guy. Whether it be anger that you feel, right. a call that haunts you, addiction, marital issues, call Greg and set up a session. Yeah, you know that he's coming from a place where he he knows what our problems are. Um, his phone number is eight four seven six one six one six five six. Again, Vince, that number eight four seven six one six one six five six. And you can set up a in person session in Arlington Heights as well as a telehealth, and they accept most major insurance providers. Which means. Most likely, if you're a fireman or a paramedic, he's going to accept your insurance. Um, and, and we've talked about before, Greg is just a great guy that's going to do what's right by him. So um, whatever he's got to do to get you the help that you need, he'll be there. Yeah, the same conversation that you would have with a guy at your firehouse, mm-hmm. you can have with Greg. Except Greg has the ability to help you a little more because he knows what you're going through. Um, Let's reference that number again, Vince. So that number. if you need help, you call the hammer, right, Vince? The Hebrew hammer. What's his number? 847-616-1656. Again, that number is 847-616-1656. And don't forget to check out his book uh, featured on this podcast, Mental Health Mayday, a firefighter survival guide from recruit through retirement. That conversation came up when we talked about uh, the Paxton fire, sure, uh, Paxton Hotel fire, and do you remember what year that was? Mm, what no, was, what was that fire? We keep talking about it, and I always forget what year. Yeah, it was. we we circle back to that, but but there were guys on the squad who were wearing tan uh, bunker gear or something yeah. like that. Really? Yeah. yeah, they were testing out the bunker gear. Yeah, we you know we did. We tested like us. We tested morning pride. We tested boots. We tested all. All kinds of stuff. We test gloves. We do all that stuff. Um, but for some reason, it seems like they never take our re- recommendations. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> right, what would you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought that you had three close calls. We had 2018, we had 2016, uh, both both on Van Buren. Yes, but I thought there was a third one that you wanted oh, to talk no, about. No, uh, well, it wasn't me at this fire. We had a we had a fire, um, and I can't. You remember have a you have streets. a notable rescue that that comes to mind throughout your career. No, no, I not even like. I don't talk about those things. No. Buddy, I'm sorry. Fair I enough. just you know what I mean. I just, um, yeah, no, I. Uh, like everybody else on this job, I just go to work and I do what I do and I keep my head down and keep moving forward. Without going into detail about it, is there something that you could pass on to somebody who would be listening that that maybe you did do a rescue and that you a piece of advice that you got from it that you could pass on? Well, I mean, the biggest thing I, I tell everybody is, is know your job, man, you know, and, and it's, it's not a cliche. It's not a joke. Um, know your job, know what you're supposed to do. You know, um, good things happen when you know what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. Um, 
like I said, my son is on this job and I'm, I'm not going to say I'm hard on him or anything like that, but that's something I, I harp on, like, know your job, know what's going on. Did you like, want him to be a fireman growing up? Um, I don't have any expectations of any of my children. You know, I want them to be themselves and do their thing. Um, my middle guy wanted the job. Uh, my little guy did not. And they both took the test together. And of course, the one who didn't want it. Absolutely. That's the way it works. Um, but I, he likes it now and you know, he's at a good house. He's with good people. He's Um, a truck guy now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He's with good guys who have taught him a lot. Um, and you know, my thing is, is, you know, try to learn something every day. I'm not, you know, I know this sounds goofy and stupid and whatever, but like maybe try- if it wasn't coming from you, it would be. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I mean, know. You, you have admittedly some experience. And when I say some, you yeah. know, I use that term lightly, but if you go, you have to admit that the squad goes to more fires because you, that's you're you're not getting called for EMS runs. You're not doing any. We have. Sure. Yeah. When was, <laughs> yeah, well, when was the last EMS running? Well, different. Well, um, we had a guy. We were coming back from a fire, unfortunately, that with traffic, uh, this guy hit a car that this guy was getting something out of the back of his car, and he was a big man, and he pushed the other car into him. And you know the toe hitch, the square Ooh, toe hitch yeah. on it? The one I bang my shin on all the time? It, it, he had a perfect square missing from his leg. Oh. So we were driving by, and, like, they were flagging us down. We stopped. Um, you guys carry EMS gear? Right don't, 100%. Don't, uh, 100%. Well, I, 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 that's okay. I'm good with it. You, <laughs> you're not going to. Well, that's a recent change, correct? No. No, oh, you've, okay. always had, you've always carried it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk later. Yeah. We had here. I this I can't talk about this one. It's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> but long story short, I don't know if the Cubs were in the playoffs. Whatever it was, we had a run down by Wrigley. We stopped at seventy eight. Whatever it was, and we were leaving seventy eight. Cubs won, and uh, <clears throat> we were driving down Clark, and they gave us an ambulance assist on Clark. Or yeah, I think it was Clark. Yeah. And this was many, many, many years ago. Many years ago. I'm so, probably so squad I'm, two goes for an ambulance down in Wrigleyville. I'm probably saying way too much. I'm probably <laughs> going to get in trouble for this um, when it nobody, after it comes out. As Corey Lieber says, nobody listens to this silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like I, we're not adverse to it, and you know, whatever. I I've taken details. We take details. We go to regular fire companies. We are expected to do do you take a rehire do you guys get called for rehires to like a truck or an engine yeah whatever yeah. well we we work it different we keep the money in the house yeah, you can't keep the money in the house vince we keep the money in the house so if you get rehired you stay home and you know just nobody cares about the detail guys eat prime rib yeah we just keep the money in the house we've always been that way um but i mean you know, I wasn't always the driver and didn't take details. I took details for many years. Was it a nice break for you? Or were you just like, I got to get back? 
What do you mean? Taking details? Yeah. Oh, they suck. But, <laughs> you know, I mean, whatever. There's good day. You know, I mean, sure. your day is what you make of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not adverse to, you know, I make a trade with somebody. Somebody asked me for a day. I got to pay him back. Or I, I work for them. Yeah. You know, there's no guarantees I'm going to be on squad two. So wherever I go, I go. You yeah. do, you know. Because we're short a guy here, we're getting to that point where we're we getting. Gotta, I was about to say, it's that time. It, it was, what time you is it? You were feeling it, huh? I was feeling it. I was okay. feeling it. Uh, the guy who um, usually sits in that chair over there. He, is so- about he the, sucks. He sucks. <laughs> Send us hate. I, we want to hear yeah. your, if your hate if email. You Send hate us emails about him. We'll at take him. Corey, Corey at com. Send your hate mail to that Directly app, to him. Attach a photo. And and CC Vince at chicagosbravest.com. Yeah. Leave cause, Steve alone. Because I want to hear everything you guys have to say to him. <laughs> but uh, he would ask you through your 30-something years of service, what is the funniest thing that you've seen on this job or the funniest prank yeah. that you've ever been involved with or even heard of? Well, I'm sure. Did everybody hear the Chikorotis? No, no. And now you're on the hook. I'm gonna butcher this. That's um, right. But I guess you know they told him. You know they set him up for like an audition, like a job <laughs> thing. Like they had a limo pick him up at his house, take him to the airport, oh, all that stuff. God. And you know, how did we never hear this story before? And long story short, they were all sitting at the airport, and they got him. <laughs> I I I wish I could tell the story better. Um, so they they set him up like for like a like a big time role or something like that, huh? Like yeah, something important. I want to say it was like the Marlboro Man or somebody like something <laughs> like that, some type thing like that, and yeah. Um, they had a limo pick him up at his house, take oh him to the airport. And the and the guys, his crew, were waiting for him at the airport? Yeah, well, I think, like, it was like they were calling him to the desk, to this desk, to that desk. and Oh, my God. So they had him running around in the airport, from what I recall of the story. Um, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Was he pissed, or was he like, fuck, you guys got me good? <clears throat> well, I'm going to say he's a pretty nice guy, but I think... He probably took it like a man when it happened, yeah. but I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> has he been known to to play some jokes? On he his own? is probably one of the biggest pranksters yeah. out there. I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine that you would go to lengths to get to go that far on a guy who doesn't have it coming. Am I right? Like, uh, well, if you're gonna if you're gonna go play that joke, you're playing it on a guy who plays the oh, game. Oh no, one hundred percent. He is a professional. Okay. You know, All right. he's a professional. There's no there doubt go. about well, what, it. Any good squad two pranks that you maybe you've been a part of? You know, I, I if anything, I'm the victim of them, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the the fireworks, you in, know, when you go in the bathroom. Yeah, um, underneath the stall. We had a guy who would buy those little fart things, the smelly yeah. stuff, oh, and then yeah. the vial. put it under the gas pedal, and then we get a run, you step on the <laughs> gas pedal, and it would smell. Um, I've seen 
Like, you know, the big thing by us, these guys are gone now, but the big thing was is that, um, like, we always bought the hot sauce, the, yeah. the hottest stuff, and it was, like, goofy. So what these guys would do is, like, don't leave your plate sitting on <laughs> the table because they'll get you, you know. And uh, I've seen I've seen some... Grown men cry, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, was that grown man you, Tony? No, no. <laughs> thank I'm I'm a little smarter than that. Um, See, that's because you got some time on. But you know, like one time, I don't know if the engine got a run, and somebody got up and ran to get the door, and they got him at lunch, and then at dinner he took my Gatorade that we bought. I bought from the fridge. I'm like, hey, dude. He's like, that's mine. I'm like, no. And then he went and got the Gatorade, but he didn't. So they got him twice in one day. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And he did one of these, like, just like his lip was going. <laughs> and, he, and he took his thing, put it over his plate, got up and walked away. And he never said a word. <laughs> so. Took it like a man, huh? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> just things like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't really think of nothing, you know, brutal. But just. That, I mean, that's the fun of the firehouse, man. Yeah. That's that, that clubhouse. No, it's, there's no doubt about it. You know, it's uh best job I've ever had. Yeah. So. And if they, if they ain't fucking with you. They don't, like you. they don't like yeah. you. They don't like you. Well, I can't thank you enough for being here. I know we've been trying to put this together for quite oh, some time, yeah. right? The guy's a TV star. Yeah. Try getting a TV yeah. star on you this podcast. You may be our biggest star that we've ever had in here. Well, don't tell Paul Cialino. Don't. No, I'm Even not. bigger than Paul Cialino. <laughs> no. Nope. Love you, Paul, but. I'm you know. nobody. Yeah. Well, you're somebody to us. Yeah. No, thank well, you we, for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you for a great podcast. Uh, you got the last word. So anything you want to say? I just want to say thank you. You guys were great. I <laughs> totally had a blast, and uh, I was expecting something different, and uh, this was pretty cool. Well, awesome, man. Well, let's get you in here time, one time when you, uh, like, talk Clay into coming here, too. I would love to be here with All Clay. All right. So uh, we'll leave that as an open invitation. Steve, you got any business? Uh, if you want a shirt, call Corey. Corey at? At Corey at Chicago'sRavers.com. He's our new merchandise chief. Chief, chief of merchandise. Chief of merchandise. All right. Well, that has been uh, Chicago's Bravest Stories with the famous star, uh, Tony Blake. That's it. That's <laughs> it, baby. You got it. Till next episode, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's Bravest Stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, or law enforcement organizations.